welcome to the cutaways podcast i'm ashley and i'm obsessed with serial killers <laughs> and i'm justine and i'm not she's frightened of me yeah i'm very scared right now anyway <laughs> i'm also very ecstatic because we have a wonderful special special guest special of the specials so special honorary cutaway diana i'm here and i'm not scared but i'm also not obsessed with serial killers <laughs> it's okay it's a valid obsession mm-hmm. as i have slowly learned this week yeah i am not the only one nah. on facebook I've had legit in-depth conversations this week. It's been a lovely time, Justine. Yes. Can you, wait, just so for future people, can you recap uh, what just happened to you? A dream has happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted to be like in the state where a prolific serial killer gets caught for like after a really long time. So we live in the state of California. Mm-hmm. They have a prolific serial killer that uh, was has like 6,000 different names, mm-hmm. but recently mm-hmm. was dubbed the Golden State Killer, mm-hmm. and he was caught on Wednesday. His, his DNA was pulled from a bunch of crime scenes. They had it from the 1970s, and motherfucker is down. He's going <laughs> down. <laughs> so this is what Ashley is most excited about. Right? Now he's in prison. And I'm so excited. She's so excited. I get to like live stream shit now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can I turn the attention now to, to our guest? Yes, you can. Sorry. <laughs> Diane, Diane, can you tell us about uh, yourself and your podcast? Uh, well, see, I also grew up in California with the Golden State Killer and... Oh, wait, no. Okay, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> Yes, I am from the podcast, uh, Happily Ever Aftermath. Uh, we talk about relationships and movies. And what, what was the other question? I'm thinking about serial killers right now. <laughs> it's fine. I'm sure you could talk about serial killers and Ashley would just be like, okay, this is our podcast now. I would just be asking questions because I, I went, when I found out about this, I'm like, I need to find out what everyone else is talking about. It's, it's, it's a fascination that I think we don't get we there there are not a lot of serial killers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know when you catch a new one that's just a whole other data set that you get to add to the study and since there's not a lot Mm -hmm. it's like let's all just like rejoice and like we get to study this motherfucker and then maybe catch another one because of the information that we get from him so I, i hope i hope that's the case when it comes to catching serial killers not not so much studying them so much as just like you know close cases put yes peace Peace for the mm. victims. That's right. Happy Serial Killer Day. <laughs> That's what she texted me on Wednesday. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Serial Killer Day. And you said, thank you. <laughs> All caps. <laughs> okay. Now, now, now it's your job to tell everybody about this podcast. Well, this podcast is in a way about serial killers. Kind of. Yeah, we do bring it up a lot. We do. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, it's about romantic comedies and, you know, their, their history and we dissect them Mm -hmm. as investigators. Yes, we, we do. We are the investigators. Yeah. We take the, the, the rom-com DNA and apply it to the to a databank. Yes. The cutaways (laughs) databank. Well, this one specifically, because this harkens back. Oh my God. To a backstory that I was, I gifted this movie. <laughs> See, it, it all connects. It is. It's all a it giant. All, it's all strings. <laughs> okay, we watched um, 2001's The Princess Diaries. Now, Diana, have yes. you seen this movie before? I had never seen this movie before. Just kind of clips and trailers. Wow. This was one of the first movies that I got to go to by myself to the movie theater. So look at you. This and bring it on. All right. They're very memorable movies. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to read the DVD.com information, even though we watched it on Amazon. (laughs) Well, Amazon's descriptions are as terrible as Netflix's. So let's go. Dude, Amazon didn't even list Julie Andrews as the in the (gasps) main cast. In the main three. That's blasphemy. I know, I know. Okay, DVD.com. 
The life of gawky Mia Thermopolis changes drastically after learning she's the heir to a European principality's throne. Long sentence. But as her royal grandmother schools Mia on conducting herself with a gracious disdain, comma, she ends up at odds with her best friend. I feel like they totally missed every mark. Like, every mark was there, and it was so easy, and they just completely fucked it all up. Yeah, shouldn't it just be like, Mia finds out she's a princess. And uh, has to deal with everything changing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or mention something about how she's in, she feels that she's invisible, and that's all she wants. Yeah. And then she She goes from herself. invisibility to major spotlight. Yeah. But Hello. it's not all it's cracked up to be. Exactly. What? We can write better descriptions. <laughs> This movie stars Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. That's a throwback to a bedazzled <laughs> original. Uh, Anne Hathaway in her first movie ever, yep. I did not realize. He discovered her like he discovered Julia. Oh, Julia. And Hector Elizondo, who we've seen in Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride, directed by the late, great Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. <laughs> Gary who we watch? We watch Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride. This is our third Gary Marshall film. That's the third one. And uh, the editor for this movie was Bruce Green, who edited While You Were Sleeping and Runaway Bride. And okay, we're gonna get a little geeky here. I gotta. We gotta talk about these additional editors and assistant editors. Okay. There's there's a lot. There is. There is. There are two additional editors on this film. Andrea. Baltigalero, who was the first assistant editor on Runaway Bride, and Liza McDonald, who was the additional editor on Runaway Bride. So, okay, first of all, it speaks to me that Bruce Green uses the same people and is using the system of bringing his assists into actually cutting yes which doesn't happen doesn't happen well i mean if it's a good way to go through is is through the additional editor because an additional editor is normally only cutting one or two three weeks Mm -hmm. out of the entire production schedule and it's sometimes like hey our editor wants to take a vacation Mm. and he's gonna be gone for like a, a week or two so let's Either we can bring up the assistant, the first assistant, and that way they can get some editing time in, which is very important because there is no easy pathway set up in the industry to go from the assistant to an editor. Mm -hmm. It's not like it used to be where the assistant was always in the room running the machine for the editor and going through the dailies day in, day out, actually learning how to do the craft. Mm-hmm. We, we have a lot more technical responsibilities now. So this is a good substitute for... Mm-hmm. It's like uh, how a lot of people are trying to get the apprentice editor, who is basically like the assistant to the assistant editor. We're trying to get it so that that can be reclassified within the union because right now when within the union it's still written for film days like the job duties for the apprentice editor on the union website is carrying film canisters putting things in uh film strips in bins oh wow contacting and making sure that the lab rolls are correct like checking like the lab roll numbers against the canisters. So that's why the job doesn't exist anymore. It's, yeah, it's it's because the union hasn't been able to reclassify or restructure those mm. job uh, abilities. Because now that we're all on computers, the apprentice editor cannot touch the Avid. Right. So it's not like we can say, oh, you're my assistant. You're going to um, take over script syncing. Or, or mm-hmm. this kind of stuff that's kind of menial for the that the assistant editor is wasting their time on when they could be in the room with the editor. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of, I don't want to call it like legalities, but... The things that we are wanting, the producers have always pushed back on. It, it, if they're One of the biggest things that they try to take away a lot of is our health insurance. And so that's like a huge thing and... One of the things we we can't give away, we have to give away something to get them to let us reclassify these these certain things. That's bullshit. Mm. 
Yes, it is. But otherwise, we wouldn't have contracts with the producers or we wouldn't have contracts with the studios. We could lose power within the, the industry, even though the Editors Guild is the biggest union in the industry, but we get shit on so much. Boo. Yeah. I do want to shout out the uh, additional uh, people in the editorial department. As always. The mm. first assistant editor was Peter Tackaberry. I like his name. Yeah, Tackaberry. Great name. <laughs> the Okay, so this is weird. We have uh, Nathan R. Fitzgerald and Nate Fitzgerald, obviously the same person. Wow. Listed as both a second assistant editor and an assistant editor. I that was confusing. Yeah. Payroll probably was like, guys, really? Yeah. <laughs> then the other assistant editor was Dennis Thorlaxen. Thorlaxen. Thorlaxen, who was a production associate on Gross Point Blank. Oh, that's good. Hey, working his way up. Nice. And the apprentice film editor was Ingrid Vold. Yep. So yeah, this is a uh, this is very rare nowadays. This team. Yeah, I think for that time too, we we've slowly gotten into films that were had less and less people on their post teams. Right. Yeah. This is a big post team, and it looks like it's full of a lot of support. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. instead of just me and my FileMaker <laughs> database. <laughs> oh. Setting up all those macros so the computer is still working on one computer and you're yeah. working on another computer. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing in my own personal computer to get shit done sometimes. I mean, everyone should still go go watch To All the Boys I Love Before. It comes out on Netflix August 17th. Yeah. I worked really hard on it. Go <laughs> Ashley. Hang on, writing that down. Okay. Some last few information on this movie. It's rated G. We haven't had a G-rated movie in a while. Normally we're like, ugh. But... Gary Marshall. Family wow. fun. Yeah. It had a runtime of one hour and 55 minutes and rated three stars on DVD.com. Okay, that is everything about The Princess Diaries. <laughs> yes. Was it everything? Was it, though? Not technically. But oh, oh, actually, yes. Technically. On the technical Technic- side, that's everything. <laughs> okay, then we're safe. Oh, we're good. Is- we're, that's, that's all we needed. That's, oh, it is that's based the off a book. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's series. <laughs> By Meg, Meg Cal- Cabot. Cabot. Yeah. Diana, what did you think of it? You know, for a first time seeing, you know, it was pretty good. Um, I had to like, you know, manage my expectations because it's the early 2000s, you know, comedy. In fact, I was looking at some of the details of it, looking at like box office and stuff like that. And I hit, you know, surprise, surprise, rom-coms. And The mm-hmm. Princess Diaries 2 came up, but The Princess Diaries didn't. And that's because it was categorized as just comedy and not romantic comedy, which I guess could make sense, but I wasn't mm-hmm. even thinking about it too much. It was sweet, and I had to manage my expectations because, you know, she's 15 years old. She's not going to make some smart decisions that my 30-plus-year-old brain would just be like, stop fighting, communicate with each other. Right. <laughs> Grow yeah, up. That was the biggest thing that I kept saying through... Because I haven't seen it in a while, but I mm. loved this movie when I was younger. Like, yeah. loved The Princess Diaries. Was obsessed with Anne Hathaway for a very long time. Mm. But when her and her best friend are having that argument about, like, her getting her hair done and all this stuff, I'm like, why are you being so mean? <laughs> Pretty mean. Too much. Why are you bullying your best friend? Like, yes, you, but like best friends should be able to like say things. And like, you don't know if Mia like just wanted to fix her hair. Maybe she had bugs got like spiders got stuck in her hair and it just was terrifying and she needed to have it done. Like you never know. And as someone who has poofy frizzy hair, you know, not, (laughs) not that excessive, but it's like, I get it girl mm-hmm. like i get it. i get you Mia. no yeah is i feel i feel the same way of like it's hard to like change something about your appearance and then like go into work the next day and then everybody's just like you did a thing and i'm yeah. like stop i don't want the attention stop looking yeah. at me yeah huh. so can we talk about the boys <laughs> where to start because if we rank them Ooh. It, i wouldn't start with boys i would start at the top of my list is joe Joe is the best. Joe is the best. (laughs) Joe is the best. (laughs) And every scene, he's just like, yes, keep talking, Joe. You are wise. You are wonderful. You are the voice of reason. Keep talking. 
Yes. Oh my god. We we were just talking mm-hmm. um when we finished when we were looking up trivia and everything about how the relationship between him and the queen <gasps> was formulated on set between him and Julie Andrews. It wasn't scripted that way ever. I mean, yeah, I read that and I'm like, yeah, that's that makes so much sense and it works so well. It's yes. People are thing. still shipping shipping them 20 years later. Nobody gives a fuck about Mia. Mm-mm. They're like, give us more Joe and the Queen. Joe and the Queen. That's the movie we want. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, spoiler, sorry, in Princess Diaries 2, uh-huh. it, there is more. They do get, they get, yeah. There's yeah. more. There's, there's more. Gave the audience what they wanted. Right. I mean, we didn't get the movie that we wanted. Princess mm-hmm. Diaries 2 is nowhere near as good as princess diaries one chris pine's in it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it is worth a watch for early chris pine yeah like really early chris pine you're like what is your hair doing sir (laughs) it's poofing why is gimli your uncle (laughs) okay so we've got joe and then who uh the debate teacher the debate teacher mr (laughs) o'connell I was obsessed with this movie for so long. Wow. No, that's awesome. You can fill in the <laughs> blanks. Um, I don't know. He seemed, he, he didn't get too much, but you know, he's worthy of, you know, Mia's mom dating him. So that's something at least. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how many, how many guys do I have to work with? Yeah, surprisingly not that many. So I got to go with, oh crap, I already forgot his name. Puts M&Ms on his pizza guy. Michael. 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 So it's going to go Joe. The I think I'm going in order of like I will not be arrested if I talk about you know <laughs> if I talk about how good looking they are and how awesome they are. So okay, so then Michael and then I guess Jeremy, um, who was Jeremiah. 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 There we go. He was pretty cool. I mean, he could was he was he doing magic? No, I was thinking. Yes. Of, oh, I was thinking. Of, was he juggling? No, that was just a random guy at the ball juggling. That wasn't mm-hmm. him. And then, can we like keep going to a whole bunch of different extras? People I have no idea. And then Eric Von Detten. Yes. Oh. Ugh. I don't, I don't get him, and his hair looks so greasy all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't get him then when they were when Disney was trying to be all Eric Von Detten's the hottest thing, and I'm like, he's no Devin Sawa. Oh. I enjoyed him on the, the <laughs> Disney Channel movie. Um, the, what was the skating one? Oh, where he Brink? was the roller rider, blader. I liked that because <laughs> that was like, I understand you as a surfer, dude. Like that makes sense. But nothing. He is not like he doesn't even make a good villain. No, no. He's too vanilla. <laughs> and too. I think he was too dumb to be too evil i guess so it didn't really process i didn't really like buy it you know so you've got you know mandy moore who was just the ultimate in just like popular evil so yes. that's helpful but but his version of just like yes i am also here i'm going to make fun of you just a little bit and then um i'm gonna be mean but only for my own selfish purposes so it makes sense after she's a princess, but not before. I, I still don't get it. I know why I was mean in high school. It's because I had my own problems and I was taking it out on everybody else. So I'm guessing that's Mandy Moore's motivation, but that never really comes off to me. I don't get that. I mean, I even get Lily being mean because she she's just upset and insecure about everything. So please, ex- well, like you guys would know, please explain to me why this keeps getting written. At least for the time period, Mm-hmm. We were very, um, in our movies, we've gotten lazier, obviously, with the writing as we've gone on. Lazy. <laughs> so you have these stock characters to fill in, and then because it's a Disney movie, you need to add in, oh, how are we going to sell the soundtrack? How are we going to sell... Yeah, that's what I said. It's, it's a lot of marketing behind oh, it. Oh, casting actors based off their dancing skills. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. It's, you you and that's why like Aaron Carter was in mm-hmm. a lot of things. That's why um, the Jonas Brothers were oh, they right, had right. all those Disney Channel movies. But that it's it's cross marketing. Disney wants to own every aspect of the market that they can own. It's happening more and more now with Instagram stars getting cast because oh. they have a whole bunch of followers. Right, bring your fans. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Should we go into your theory, 
my my roman holiday theory yes it's a good theory. so it is my belief that this movie which i think when we looked up a, a, a lot of things and this is how it came about was the author of the book took inspiration from roman holiday mm-hmm. and that's what inspired princess diaries is it's kind of an homage to it but my theory is that they are connected in the movie Whereas Julianne's character is actually the princess, uh, Princess Anne, Princess Anne from um, Roman Holiday, Roman Holiday, who is played by Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I believe that this is now her grown up because she's married somebody that she was betrothed to, but she didn't really love. Mm-hmm. And she'd always had this love affair with the, the reporter named Joe, named Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and he just became her head of security mm-hmm. and then they had continued this friendship throughout and then her husband dies yeah and they just have the perfect love story yeah yeah in their 50s it works it works i mean especially i don't know when you're watching roman holiday and it's just like so many of the similarities it's like princess anne is from a country like a made up country that you know doesn't this, exist yeah yeah mm-hmm. like all these things i remember i don't know just be like ah, well and like the clum the the klutziness that she had and mm-hmm. all this stuff and then the the throwaway line that julie andrews had like i remember my first state dinner like and i knocked over uh a, a suit of arms and the spear went right through a <laughs> suckling pig i'm like oh she really is audrey hepburn <laughs> and it runs in the family apparently yep yes so that is our official official cutaways theory. Yes. That mm-hmm. they are connected. There was also a hair transformation in Roman Holiday. Yes. Oh, there was. That's right. <laughs> For the record, I didn't see the movie, but I did listen to the episode about your theory. Oh, good. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> I did my homework. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think we can go through like the whole movie, but we can hit the major points. We can talk about our favorite parts. Sure. Do you want to lead it, Ashley? I feel like you're so obsessed. You like know it by heart. I, I've seen this movie so many times. I was singing. You didn't. I don't think you heard me, but I was singing the songs. And you were like, I didn't know this song was in it so much. And I'm like, I own the soundtrack on DVD. <laughs> so it takes place in San Francisco. It takes place in San Francisco. It stars Anne Hathaway. And she's got the big poofy frizzy hair. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of invisible at her school. Mm-hmm. But she has this dream of being with the popular kid and being seen by someone special. She doesn't want to be seen by everybody, which is what I appreciate about her. Um, she wants to be kissed by Josh. Yes. Eric Von Denton. But we, we don't take it like that. I take it as she wanted to be seen by something special. Okay. <laughs> Mia is a mess. Mia is a mess, but she also isn't a mess. Like she, she plays her role. Yeah. I mm. think like she accepts who she is is she doesn't try and push and try and be popular she just she goes about being herself and she kind of has this quirky acceptance of herself but also this quirky anxiety about herself that makes sense she has this anxiety about doing something wrong i think Mm -hmm. which probably stems from the fact that she has no idea why her dad left and in a lot of kids in divorce situations blame themselves. They think that they're the reason that the that their father or their mother have just left mm-hmm. because they weren't good enough. So if she can be invisible and stay in her little lane, nothing ever bad is going to happen again, especially after his death. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. never gets to like rectify that situation. Interesting. I I was I'm I'm amazed that you could get that despite the fact that, you know, he was I think wasn't he gone before she was born? So I find it interesting that she internalized that, even though he wasn't around, like maybe if he was there for a few years and then he made the decision to leave. You know, I can see her having some like deep rooted issues about that, but you know, oh, wow, that's a really good interpretation. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking I my my parents are divorced and, and we have a lot of family issues. So I, it may be just me projecting onto a character that I really understand, like see myself in. Mm-hmm. And like I've built that backstory up so that I don't feel alone kind of thing. But that's what I have taken away from it because there's some little, these little nuances that may have been Gary Marshall, but it may have also been Anne Hathaway just because I find her to be a very genuine performer. 
she definitely plays quirky really well, but she also plays herself really mm-hmm. well. She finds herself in her characters all the time, which I think is really nice. Yeah. Okay. So early on in the movie, and it surprised me because like I also haven't watched in a while. Early on in the movie, we introduced a grandma. Like yes. automatically, like you're knocked into there. Grandma comes and is like, you're a princess. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I beg your pardon. so grandma wants to train her and move her to genovia and all of this to mia is just what no surprise what yeah and just does not want fights with her mom about it mad at her mom for not even telling her which Mm -hmm. that's kind of a dick move Mm -hmm. i think that's that had more to do with she was angry and she decided to take it out on her mom Instead of just, I don't think she really was mad at her mom, but she was the only one who was there in the room at the time. So I've decided I'm going to be mad at you right now. That's valid. Like mm-hmm. a real teen. Well, no, but it's a real teenager. But it's a. Re- but I mean, like it's a real like reason for a teenager. Yeah. Like in in a teenager's mind, I'm like, oh yeah, I like that's totally valid to be angry at your mom for for no reason whatsoever, mm-hmm. y- just because yes. she was there. Yeah. yeah. So in a few weeks, there is a ball of which she will be presented at. Was it a few weeks? This is the thing we had trouble with this time was just I kept on going like, how many days are in this week? Like it just every day was a school day. And I was just like, there's no weekends. I don't know when we are. I don't know how many weeks have passed. It feels like it's been forever. I mean, she does go to private school and that that is that's how they feel. Endless. (laughs) Okay, so we meet Joe, we meet Lily, we meet Michael. Michael is totally crushing on her, mm-hmm. obviously. But she doesn't see it. And then we get uh, princess lessons because she's decided like, okay, I'll agree to do this for now. But if any time I don't want to, I'm out. Yes. Like that's their agreement. Which Julie Andrews is like so mean to her in that first one. But in such a nice way, like I can accept Mary Poppins telling me that my eyebrows are terrible or or something (laughs) like that because she does it so nice. She's like, here's a criticism, but then here's a compliment right afterwards. It's like, oh, that's exactly how you're supposed to give criticism. She's a queen. Do you want Julie Andrews to give you a makeover? Well, technically, she just kind of ordered the makeover. But if she's going to be, you know, half and half, I think I'll take the niceness and I'll just kind of tune out the the thing about the eyebrows. I, <laughs> I think my eyebrows are okay. I think everybody's eyebrows are okay. I just think that like the beauty yeah. standard that we've placed on women is terrible and painful. Yes, totally. At the end of the day, and I think that the the message of this movie while a little construed by the humor and the the makeover Mm -hmm. part of it is that in the end you're the only one that's holding yourself back and you do have this confidence within you you just you have to remember that it's there and it can come in many different forms and I thought that that was really nice especially when Joe is the one that's giving her that oh my god (laughs) I was going to say, yes, it's stated in the movie. Joe said it. (laughs) (laughs) But and then and he brings that to the queen. The queen is worried about her country and, you know, whether or not this thing that her and her husband built for for their entire lives is going to survive. And then there's that that that's an anxiety form of it because she can't do anything about it because she's not she doesn't fall in this bloodline or whatever. So she can't necessarily rule for forever. And now she has to completely do a 180 and start training somebody else mm-hmm. because her son has died. So they're dealing with this grief, but they're also dealing with, you know, the normalcy of their lives just imploding. Yeah. And, and getting to know her granddaughter as yeah. a person. Yeah. So there's probably some anxiety surrounding that. And that kind of comes out in I'm going to make you the best person that you should be or and then she starts to see herself in her and then like that anxiety starts to kind of go away yeah and and she even said um the queen said she had confidence that Mia could do it so she she knew it was she knew it was there it just you're right her anxiety was just kind of overthrowing her good foot forward with helping Mia move forward yes Mm mm-hmm 
I mean, I've talked about it on the podcast how I love when movies show older characters mm-hmm. because it doesn't make you, it doesn't give you this anxiety to feel like you have to complete all of your dreams mm-hmm. by, by the, the age of 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there is no way that that's going to happen. There, in some relationships, don't happen by the age of 30. You don't get, some people don't get married that young and and it's totally okay and it's still totally okay for old people to have sex like it's okay because it happens and we should celebrate that nobody's life ends once they get married we should see that love reflected in in our art as it progresses and as it matures and as it continues to grow and celebrate the people who are still finding ways to love one another 50 years later like that is so important to me i and don't I know do, why it just is. <laughs> and I do like in, in this movie finding a new love. Yes. And that it's okay. Yeah. And that's what's really hard, especially with romantic comedies, is that Joe and uh is her name Clarice? Yes. Is, is that right? Then together they're fantastic. But I don't know if there's a whole movie there, and that's the hard part. You know, in order for it to be a movie where people are buying tickets, well, there has to be the drama, there has to be the slapstick, there has to be all these other things. We love these little glimpses, but if we were to watch them for almost two hours, I I don't think anyone would be interested. So it's just like, can we please have this good example here? And it has to be shoehorned into this G-rated comedy where, you know, Anne Hathaway's falling on the bench and it's hilarious, but uh, at the same time no 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 let's watch joe some more because he's awesome you know <laughs> i think we connect with the fact that it's organic and it feels natural and it's unspoken yeah julie andrews and hector really like they were like oh wouldn't it be nice if this would happen for them yeah if we celebrated love and sensuality and, over 50. And, and sexuality mm-hmm. because you know there is some kind of sexiness to that like when he when they do that that dance Mm -hmm. i'm like damn when he says you've been wearing black for far too long i'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) he got game oh and i and i will admit like he's in gary marshall's other movies i haven't seen runaway bride but of course i remember him very well in pretty woman because he's just like yes sir uh yes i'm the manager of the hotel and i'm just like yeah you are you are the manager of this hotel (laughs) keep it up yeah (laughs) okay so we're just gonna talk about whatever your favorite scenes were from this movie that we talked about the majority of yeah princess bride or princess Princess i keep calling it the princess bride too (laughs) i'm like we're watching the princess it's that it's diaries Uh, there's a poster that she's referencing in my room it's the princess bride nice well that's easily distracting all right so the princess Princess and the frog what (laughs) favorite scenes oh crap um, when she kisses the frog when the, yeah when the happily ever after no um shoot so i am a sucker for makeover montages mm-hmm. and so i did kind of enjoy uh larry miller as paolo's scene where he comes in and just like okay yes he needs to stop talking about her eyebrows and he needs to stop doing this kind of stuff but they're just the reveal and 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 the whole thing and and in fact what's even funnier is that when i was watching this with my husband or no i'm sorry i was watching it my husband was watching me watch it and he's like (laughs) the whole makeover scene where she you know whoa from this to this he's like yeah, it's Anne Hathaway with curly hair, and now it's Anne Hathaway with straight hair. I I really don't see a big difference. And I'm like, aw, he's not saying that just to get on my good side. It's just, no, <laughs> Anne, Anne Hathaway is a beautiful person, and then, yeah, her hair is curly and poofy, and now it's slightly smaller, and she took her glasses off, so at the very least. But it just, there is something about it with the music and the fact that they were intercutting in with the, the spinny chair and the, the cucumbers on the eyes and everything like that. And just, I, mm-hmm. I love, I love, makeover scenes i love reveal scenes i like to see the after i i did enjoy you know what was it extreme makeover house edition where they moved that bus and you got to see the before and the after so anne hathaway is not a you know house disaster she's just you know just it was nice i liked it oh it's definitely a fun scene especially when he walks in and he's like these are my assistants (laughs) and she's like okay you gotta sign an nda and he's like okay Paolo will make you beautiful. <laughs> it's like, clearly, Larry Miller is not Italian. <laughs> but for me, I think the biggest scenes and my favorite scenes are when the, the princess lessons and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. especially when 
julie andrews is like i'm gonna go my granddaughter is gonna show me right, right, right. San Francisco. yeah yeah i was i would say the same thing that my favorite stuff was anne hathaway and julie andrews together the stuff with her in the school i was kind of just kind of bored through mm-hmm. this time yeah well we didn't we did not need the Eric Von Detten character because we had the Mandy yeah. Moore character. The whole stuff at the beach, the whole beach party, I had completely forgotten about. Ugh. That one made me really, like, especially right now in the time period that we live in mm-hmm. with all the Me Too stuff. Right. Like, when the photographer is like, give her a smooch, and then he does, and then she smacks him, and they're like, smack him again, and they're like, they're just there mm-hmm. for the, the, what, the orchestrated drama of it. It's not mm-hmm. even real drama like it's been orchestrated like maybe eric von detten's character contacted the press and that's how they knew where they were or or something like that like it was just all pre-orchestrated we live in a world now especially where the deep fake stuff is coming out where they're taking actresses faces and putting it on porn stars and making fakes of women and then leaking them and then leaking them and saying (sighs) that it's real so the press, the paparazzi aspect of it, it's still reflected in our time and it's kind of gotten worse mm. in a disgusting kind mm-hmm. of way because it's super easy for people to take things and make them not what they seem. Mm. So we can't trust a picture anymore. We can't trust just a little snippet of a video. Where do we allow ourselves to be outraged and then get outrage fatigue from fake things? Like you care so much and you want you want things to succeed. But what happens when half of our media is fake? And that's the world that we live in where it's really easy to manipulate people because we believe that a picture is worth a thousand words when in and of itself it's not anymore. Mm -hmm. Because those thousand words could actually have the details that we're missing. The the behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. And it's all about the headline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that too. You know, no one wants to hear Princess Mia at beach party. No, it's Princess Mia party girl with, you know, all these details. You know, it's just like, oh, she's a princess, but she's kind of, you know, a little bit too much. So feel better about yourself there, audience. Now buy my newspaper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that seems kind of heavy for a a G movie, actually. Eh, It's Gary Marshall. It's Gary Marshall. (laughs) He has things. He puts things in it. Speaking of the Gary Marshall touches, like I I said to you when we were watching, Gary Marshall can do a dinner scene like nobody's business. (laughs) I loved it. People at a table, he can shoot it, which is really freaking hard. Yeah, nobody realizes how hard dinner scenes are because you can tell when it's bad. Yeah. Huh. Well, especially the way everyone was really, really close together in those scenes. So that that's hmm. keep talking about that. I'm I'm trying to formulate it as as you talk about it. Well, it's interesting. in film school. They specifically tell you if you're going to do a dinner scene, it's the hardest thing. Yeah, to they do. say don't. Yeah, they really <laughs> wow. they 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 discourage it when when people suggest this. But like students go in and they're well, like, well, first it's- of all, it's not dynamic. Everybody's mm-hmm. sitting in the same spot yeah. and the okay. shot angles that you choose are pretty much all the same shots. Like yes. if you think about it, like it's always head on, you, yeah. you can head do shoulders, a side head angle, shoulders, but you know? it's when you do a side angle of something, it, it kind of elicits a response in our brains mm-hmm. that, that there's something off Yes, about that person. Yes, deciding what's off-kilter, deciding what they're off-kilter against, what yes. that other angle that they're matching. Mm-hmm. Those are things that go through our brains. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> well, in shot composition, people don't think about shot composition as much anymore, I don't think. Yeah. Because it's digital. We don't have to think about it. Except I will say the first Thor movie... Oh, with the with the Dutch angles, with Kenneth Branagh, Dutch angles on Loki all the time. I was just watching that movie <laughs> like, yes. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the pe- people hate on the Thor movie for what? that, but it's I fucking so... loved it. I was just like, yes, I am getting all the feels from these angles. <laughs> well, in his like his scarf when Tom Hiddleston walks in mm-hmm. and like the slick back hair, I'm like, yes, Thomas. <laughs> get it and then like the 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 off angle shot of him and his eyes Mm -hmm. is one i it's it's probably one that i would put in my book yeah so it's like the the camera angles that dictate the story more than the words dictating the story yes i like your guys's attention to detail (laughs) (laughs) this is how we watch movies and it's ridiculous 
Diane, did you have more thoughts on the the beach party scene? See, here's what's kind of tough because I'm li- I live about like 30 miles outside of San Francisco, so Number one, you know, if we just kind of ignore the fact that, you know, what you were just talking about with the Me Too movement, just like kiss her, kiss her. I'm just like, don't steal her first kiss because she's just talking about that. You know, this is this is my 16 year old self trying to I I don't want to like perpetuate the chasteness and everything about it but there's something very special about anticipating your first kiss and she at least mm-hmm. had the you know the thought of just like my my foot is caught in this thing this is not romantic and you know and then he he makes it even worse by taking her out there while people are taking pictures of her and in addition to that well that's just that's like the anger of that scene because of you know the way the movie wants me to be angry but um what's funny is that you have mark and brian the djs and i'm like <laughs> i listened to them for years so there was <laughs> wow. that which was a nice it was a nice touch but um no i don't care what kind of private school you go to you don't get your own beach to your own for a beach bash uh no matter how rich your parents are and if they do make it to the beach it is cold it is freaking freezing as all new, but I guess it was good for a musical number, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> for Mandy Moore to perform yeah. her obligatory musical yeah. number. Yeah. yeah. No. Contractually no. obligated. <laughs> no, you go to the beach in San Francisco, you're, it's freezing and it's, you know, it's gloomy and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and I love it. So I don't know where they got this beach. I don't understand it. It was probably in L.A. It's a lot of the San Francisco, like I will say this, those hills have freaked me out driving mm. on them. So I, I felt her pain so hard trying to learn to drive on those hills is I, I give her that much credit. It's harder than being a princess. <laughs> I love that. I, I was reading trivia on where their house was, the firehouse. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm thinking, all right, how much money does this mother have? She has to come from money too, because if if she's getting prince money sent over, that makes more sense. But if she's this, um, I just want to do this on my own artist, she has to come from money too, because she can't afford that real estate. That's just too, too pricey. That's... Uh, I mean, where I am, thirty miles out, a, a house with that much space will you're you're looking at least like one point two million dollars. So yeah, don't don't live here. It's expensive. <laughs> wait, it's you're, expensive here too. Wait a minute, you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I got way too far into it. You know where it's just like no no, I can believe this this woman showed up and called this girl a princess, but I can't believe that you know this is where they live thing. That's that's my suspension of disbelief. That's. <laughs> work harder that's not the beach oh. <laughs> still still pretty fun now the beach scene it's it's just like i could feel myself just tensing i'm like all of this is not gonna go right this guy who ignored her the whole time has magically asked her out uh, mandy moore is in the vicinity so this is not gonna go well and so i got all tense and she ditched her friends <gasps> yeah I, oh i got so sad about that it's totally believable Mm-hmm. though how okay she says to michael oh sorry eric von denton just asked me out so i'll have to cancel with you i'll see you next weekend but completely forgot that she agreed to be on lily's show yeah i didn't get that the way that i take it as is lily kind of manipulated her into being onto this show like she said yeah whatever yeah like, like she said she yeah, was already whatever, emotionally she- hyped well, she was dealing with a lot at mm-hmm. that point in time, and she needed her best friend to actually talk to. And but Lily was also angry at her for for talking about princess stuff before. So why would she really want to talk about it now? Mm-hmm. She just wants she wants Mia to be the princess so that she can have this political figure and have change done and have have kind of relevance, I guess, a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's. It's like when you agree to do something, but because you're like, yeah, I, I'll do it. But there, there's kind of like this self-motivated uh, motives on the other party's part. Like, and I don't think that Lily is really actively doing this on her own in her own mind. I think it's just like teenage brain of I have this cable show. Like, you're gonna like come on it because you're a princess now, and we need to talk about that because you're a princess now. Mm-hmm. Like, so excited about her best friend actually having this piece of power that she really wants you know if it was now she would totally have a podcast yeah <laughs> i was thinking about that too but it, it just it, it was believable to me because 
Mia didn't want to disappoint her friend mm-hmm. because she was still at this point debating on whether or not she wanted to be a princess. Like she's like, mm-hmm. I don't, this isn't something that I want. I don't want the, I want to be invisible. And as Mia's best friend, you would think that she would sympathize with that instead of trying to shove her out into this, into being recorded or being like on a, a television program, so to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their she friendship would, is kind of odd as well. Yeah. The whole time I was watching it, I'm just like, "You're Lily is very abrasive. I, I I, think I would be, if I wanted to be like ignored, I don't understand why Mia was hanging out with somebody who's like, you know, constantly yelling about saving the seals and I've got my cable show. So I, I, I guess it's because she gets maybe to live vicariously through her more outspoken friend, maybe? I did. Yeah, do, it's yeah. It's like introverts being friends with extroverts. You, you kind yeah. of. I could see them just like, kind of like she sat at her lunch table one day in first grade or something, and then <laughs> that's just the group that she belongs in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Well, and we also don't know anything. Like, is Lily's thing just acting out because she comes from a, a place of wealth or privilege? Like, where where is that? Because they're all going to this fancy ass right school. Yeah. Right. So well, and we also don't know anything about Jeremiah except he's super hot now. Yeah, that is true. He is fucking oh gorgeous. My God. Hang on, I look, gotta look this up. <laughs> look him up right now. I called dibs already. <laughs> no, I'm okay with that. But no, uh, whatever. You're both married. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's damn good looking. <laughs> he's uh, beautiful. Oh he's my God. Quite attractive. Okay, I'm sorry. Where, I'm back. Where has uh, he been all my life? <laughs> <laughs> the puppy dog eyes and the beard. Uh, and the- Oh my God. Yeah. When he wears glasses. <laughs> wow. Excuse me. <laughs> he has no right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right about Lily. She's meant to be the, the completely pivoting on the other direction of like, here's all of this wealth and everything, but she's just, you know, grabbing the bag, you know, you realize we can hawk this and feed like three f- third world countries and stuff like that. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa. Okay. That's okay. You're going to be that character. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's not your property. So yeah. Let's jump to the end. Okay. Well, she decides mm-hmm. to run away. She decides to run away. Yeah, that was surprising, the run away part of it. I'm just like, really? You're just not going to say no? Okay. Just Colorado? <laughs> I don't think she, at this point, I think she had gotten to know these people and her grandmother oh, on a level where it wasn't easy to say no. To face the disappointment. Yeah, to face oh. disappointment or face, face even... Even Joe's disappointment. Oh. I don't think there was that in her anymore. So it's easier to run away from that. Run away from your mom, mm-hmm. who may be supportive and very open to the this not being your life, but who also might might see it disappointingly. Mm-hmm. Might see it as as a way of coddling her daughter a little bit of not allowing her to face her fear mm-hmm. in that regard or le- allowing her to, to understand that it's okay to not face your fear. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's a message that I would want to give to my kids personally. I think that there's, there's some type of, of thing that we need to give to children that allows them to express that fear in a healthy way. Mm-hmm without feeling so anxious of disappointment and and loneliness in that disappointment. Yeah. The whole, like, I don't want to disappoint you, but I really don't want to do the thing. Yeah. The ability to, to, to communicate that I think is what we need to teach children. And that's, that's not the vibe I got from her mom. The vibe I got from her mom was you can do whatever you want. There's not going to be any consequences on that, like on that front, as long as you're, you know, being true to yourself, which is a good message. To an extent. It's just like anything can be taken to an extreme and then cause harm. Yep. In a way, like psychologically. No, that's thank you for pointing that out because I thought it was just she really didn't want to make a public speech. I mean, that's that. There's that. There's that. Sure. <laughs> that's that. But, but no, I just thought it was just public speaking. I didn't realize it was a whole disappointing the family thing. That makes more sense now. Yeah. But then she gets the letter from the dead dad oh. trope. There's always one. <laughs> that was kind of beautiful in in the in the way that it just kind of moved it along and it, it it did the job really well i mean for the character to move forward and 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 i bought it i bought into that whole father-daughter moment even though he wasn't there the letter thing makes me wonder if he knew he was going to die <gasps> Ooh. Hmm. 
because he gave it to her for her, her 18th si- birthday. 16th birthday. Oh, it was her 16th birthday? I thought it was her 18th birthday. I thought it was 16th that she gets the diary. Yeah, 16 is right. Okay. And she was almost 16. Yeah. Yeah. That moment is beautiful. Yes. In and of itself. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so she decides not to run away, but it is hella raining out. And everybody's already left, and nobody thinks that she needs to be picked up. Mm-hmm. And Except her for convertible. Joe. Joe's on his way. Joe's on his way. Her convertible top won't work. She's got that hill that she can't drive on. She is stuck. Still but she doesn't did have a license either. <laughs> right. Yeah. She did find time to send uh, Michael that sorry pizza. <laughs> yeah. When did she have time to do that? It's, I don't know. She called and she was just, I don't know. It, it, it was sweet. And yeah. I mean, unless she had it like planned before she was going to run away. Maybe, but then he would have showed up at the ball and she wouldn't be there. Yeah. I don't know. That that was a little... Convenient. Do ex machina. <laughs> yeah. So he goes to the ball. Everybody goes to the ball. She finally shows up all wet. Drowned in her, rat. Her street clothes. This is probably a metaphor for something. You don't need to be glamorous, blah, blah, blah. And she makes her speech. What I really liked is that in her speech, she uses the advice that everybody has given her yes. over the course of the movie. Like, she learned the things from everybody, and now she's, you know, saying what she learned, which is a, a thing that I like. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes movies, I think, so impactful is when the character learns or grows. Yep. When we do watch movies where the character doesn't grow there has to be a purpose for it and if there is no purpose for that the movie normally agitates most people Mm -hmm. a time of sunshine they don't really learn anything in the end because it's erased but they all it's done for a purpose because we learn because you don't learn learn. anything yeah (laughs) well we learn that you don't learn anything erasing constantly if we erase the lessons that we learn through relationships then we as people are never going to grow yeah Mm -hmm. so and i think that's a very nice message so it's it's always great when movies show characters growing and especially growing from people around us because humans innately are social creatures so we do learn. We learn from our relationships. We learn from our parents. We learn from our friends. We learn lessons from role models, whether they be good or bad. Mm-hmm. So it's nice when we acknowledge that learning. Yeah. So she accepts the crown. She's going to be Princess Mia. And then they get her all dressed up and dried. She enters the ball and there's a dance and Michael is there to dance with her. Mm-hmm. And they go in the garden. And they go in the garden and she has her kiss and her foot pops and it is literally magical. Because <laughs> it turns the garden on. Yes. The garden got turned on. <laughs> yeah, it did. And then Joe and the queen walk out together and then Joe takes her hand and kisses it and then we're all dead. Yeah, we died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nothing else mattered out after that. <laughs> Well, did you also notice before Michael and Mia went to the garden, he, you know, he's like, oh, can I talk to you? And they go out there and Joe's like, well, that was going to be my idea. But uh, so they were yep. going to go out themselves. And oh, well, and she put so much the, the queen like that was her little like side project throughout the entire movie was fixing up this garden. And so <laughs> he's like, we're going to show her. Maybe that's why it was off in the first place because he was going to Ooh. show her and surprise her that it was completed and then have like a nice little romantic moment. Damn it, Mia. <laughs> this movie's not about you, Mia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we've learned. Yeah. I mean, I, I give this movie props because it gave us Anne Hathaway and Anne Hathaway is lovely. She is. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think she would have found her way anyways, but I think this was a really good introduction to Anne Hathaway and her abilities. Yes. That's at the end of the movie. We see that what her future is. She's going to Genovia with everybody and her friends are going to visit. Spoiler in the second movie. No, Michael. Yeah. No, he goes off to college and they yep. break up. Yep. Because who expects a relationship of 15 to last when you're 24? Yeah. 
Mm. Well, I know on, on your podcast, you always talk about the future of the characters. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> as as we get further and further along, I, I realize, nah, this one's no, nah, that's not going to make it. That's not going to make it. They're going to last forever. Okay. Th- <laughs> this couple will. But uh, yeah, certain ones, depending on how, what they go through and what they do. There are the happily ever afters. So, so this is not one of them. Princess Diaries, not so much. Although I, I do want it because I just spent two hours with them, but I don't feel it. For me, the relationship has never been the central plot. Like, I never thought of this right. as a romantic comedy necessarily. Yep, mm-hmm. I agree with but you. Be- because of Roman Holiday, we had to watch it. Well, Netflix also categorizes it as yeah. a romantic comedy. But <laughs> thanks, Netflix. I, this was always a relationship or a movie about a relationship between a, mo- uh, a granddaughter and a grandma. Oh, and yeah. I love movies where it's about grandmothers and granddaughters because there's not a lot of them. And I had a really great relationship with my grandma. So it's like I can be reminded through the these certain things. Like we are a generational people. So why do we need to focus on this subgroup? <laughs> this subgroup of white people, I guess, mm-hmm. specifically. Age 25 their- to 31. Yeah, it's <laughs> 25 to 30. Well, now it's even age 16 to 31. Like, we're, we're slowly pushing the 30-year-old out, too. Like, more and more movies oh, about wow. 20-year-olds. Ugh. 20-year-olds. <laughs> so. Babies. <laughs> and while I understand from the money or the, the subgroup that is going to go out and spend the most money on certain things because they are young, it cheapens everything to me. Like, I get so frustrated with the movies that come out today okay so i think in lieu of a dramatic reading i would like to hear everybody's favorite joe quote um mine is a joe quote that's also an eleanor roosevelt quote oh yes that's a good one that's a good one say it say it nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like so that one mine i really like is no one can quit being who they really are that one's precious. That one's really great. And you guys pick ones that are just really good life lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, where I am partial to where he is speaking to Julie Andrews and said, uh, you've worn black for too long. Oh. Or long enough. Dang it. Of course, I'm not going to get it right. But it just, just, it's, it's just so, he's basically saying it, it's time for you to live your life. And it's just mm-hmm. so great. And I think What's he one of those? It, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and, and I think he meant that with or without him, you know, by her yeah. side, no matter what. Well, yeah, I think it's interesting that we all have those people in our lives that give us permission to feel the way that we're, we're feeling. You get in your head where it becomes a competition of, no, I said I was going to finish this. I'm not going to break my word. I'm right. going to finish this. Right. But at the end of the day, sometimes some projects are not worth finishing. And sometimes you just you need somebody like your husband or your best friend or somebody to tell you no it's okay Mm -hmm. to not do this anymore yeah Mm -hmm. so i think that's like that was the best thing about joe is that he was the most precious type of that person (laughs) wait a minute he also said i've never put on pantyhose before but it sounds dangerous (laughs) (laughs) he is a wise man and it is joe it is (laughs) (laughs) okay let's do our ratings guest first (laughs) so the movie was okay i didn't consider it amazing so i gave it 2.75 broken hairbrushes perfect (laughs) nice snaps snaps (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna give it three redhead jeremiah's oh you're in love with him now i am suddenly so very in love with that man (laughs) Like, no joke. Mm. Okay, I'm getting distracted. What's your rating? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, this has some nostalgia mm-hmm. with it. I know that it is not the best written movie. I know that it is, it's It's more of a cutesy thing, and I know it's not the best. It is nowhere near as good as some of the other ones that we've seen. But I am going to rate it with that quantifier. I'm going to rate it a four Fat Louis. Four Fat Louis. Four Fat Louis. <laughs> <laughs> that cat wasn't in it enough he wasn't in it enough especially for a gary marshall movie he was not in it enough true true that so i really appreciate it for from the standpoint of giving a voice to an anxious female teenager because i don't think we have like a lot of honest ones and because of 
the queen and Joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can't, I can't not love it's all them. a 50 year, an over 50 relationship movie. Yeah. It, it touches my heart. Awesome. Um, we have a mailbag today. Someone has put a little letter in our mailbag. We got a review from the Bygones podcast. They are from the UK. From the UK. So they have lovely two ladies with British accents. So, yeah. It's on point. It's a good podcast just from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the review is entitled Refreshing. Five stars on iTunes. I love this sideways look at the rom-com genre. Love them or hate them, rom-coms definitely have their good points and flaws, and these ladies aren't afraid to point the issues out, yet give credit where it's due. Really, though, enjoy this feminist 2018 take on an often underrated genre of film. Mm. So nice. It's good that we, like, actually get people that recognize our mission. Yeah. Rom-coms are underappreciated. We're women. We're supposed to like these. Why don't we like these? Yeah. Yeah, it's an exploration. Yeah. Really. Which we still don't really always like them. But yeah, of course. <laughs> They're not all winners. Well, if you like this podcast like Diana, why not you become a patron? Like Diana. <laughs> totally like Diana. worth oh, it. Oh, yeah, she is one too. <laughs> if you would like to become a patron, please support the Cutaways Podcast at patreon.com slash cutaways podcast. We have some shout outs to some patrons. Yeah. Jaslyn actually made us a song. (gasps) Okay. I'm going to tease it a little right here, but I'm going to post the full thing for our patrons. Okay. That makes sense. Cause cats, cause cats, cause cats, cause cats, cause cats, cause cats. You get it? We're talking about (laughs) pussy. Pussy is a euphemism for vagina. Dicks on top of dicks. 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 Really big dildos. Um, also, Diana sent me a gift. <laughs> She's a gift-giving patron. Which I love so very much. A Better Off Dead DVD. Look at John Cusack's face. I'm going to sleep next to it like this. You don't already? <laughs> Shh. I'm going to make you... Okay, I'm going on one of those Japanese like body size pillow <gasps> sites and making you one of John Cusack. Oh my god. You know what? Peter from Podstalgic tweeted at me last night too. He saw uh, an action figure of Lloyd Dobler holding the, the boom, boom box. box and he just tweeted it at me and I'm like, well, if you're not buying it for me, why are you even showing <laughs> Diana buys stuff. No, okay. <laughs> uh oh, dangerous precedent. You Our set love the is bar. for sale. <laughs> Apparently. No, it's just crazy that like I and I love it and I appreciate you guys so much for like sending me all this junk sack love. It's amazing. Like my 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 brain is exploded, my heart is exploded. I'm I'm beyond like you're honored. ghost Justine. I am ghost Justine. I'm I'm dead. I died. I'm, seriously. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. You're very welcome. Also, shout out to Jaslyn, Diana, and Rosanna for leaving us comments on our our Patreon. It's so much. It's it's awesome when, you know, when I'm not shout out, shouting out into the void and people just like, hey, you did a thing, and I'm like, I did do a thing. <laughs> Um, you can find out all of this information and more at our website, thecutaways.com. Please give us traffic because I really don't want Google to think that we're an Australian band anymore. It's really sad. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. And like Justine said, it'll mostly be her. It's me on there. I send you gifts. Yes. <laughs> um, please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Still, to this day, Apple Podcast throws me off. Yep. Diana, oh my God, I want people to listen to your podcast yes. so much because, you know, you're like us, except better. Oh, <laughs> what are you talking about? How do you think we got as good as we did? Oh. Oh. <laughs> we had to follow your example. And uh, I think I did mention on a singular, singular podcast, dang it, you mean there's another podcast out there that talks about, you know, romantic movies and they're better than us already and they've been doing this for this long? Oh, they're nice people. Okay. <laughs> no, thank you so much. Um, we are Happily Ever Aftermath. Uh, we talk about relationships and movies, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts. iTunes still exists, so you can find us on iTunes as well. 
and Google Play, and we're on all of the podcast apps that you can find us on, I'm pretty sure. Social media, you can find us on Twitter at HemeCast, so Happily Ever Aftermath Cast, and we're on Facebook at Happily Ever Aftermath. Well, it was lovely, lovely having you on. I feel like we talk every day already and just like, you it's, know, this yeah. is just an extension of that. <laughs> it's so cool to have you in my ears, but then I can talk to you in real time. And thank you, Justine, for letting me indulge in my serial killer fetish. Always. <laughs> <laughs> if I haven't scared the fans away. Nope. Nope. I I'm think still you just, here. Yeah. See? Okay. She's right good. there. Honorary I mean, I think away. they would have been able to figure it out with, you know, my constant talking of murder murder and stabbing <laughs> and yeah psychology okay thank you everybody in the blanket fort yes thank you for joining us bye murder road trip is a true crime podcast where i your host Haley, discuss murder cases in my car aka the mobile beats lab join me and my partner in crime hh gnomes on the road. There will be games, mixtapes, and snacks as I make the research journey to murder scenes around the world. Make sure to check your back seat, and I'll see you at the next rest stop.